Well, Merry Christmas to you. And uh, whether you're here in this room or maybe you're watching online on our live stream, we just want you to know we are so glad you're spending this time with us. I'm excited to share with you today about this good news that does bring great joy and how it's for you. First, I just wanna take a minute and say who I am if we've never met. My name's John, and I get to serve here at Connection Point as our lead pastor. Actually moved here a year ago with my family, so this is our second winter in Indiana. And so far, I have to say, it's been a fairly mild winter, or maybe we've adjusted to the climate, but it's been pretty mild. Here's a picture of my wife and our kids, just so you guys kind of know a little bit about us. And I don't know if you guys have the same thing that we have, but we get these Christmas cards. They look like this. Friends and family from all over the country send you these Christmas cards. My wife has this string that she hangs up by our staircase, and there's these clothespins on it, and she hangs up everyone's Christmas cards. And everyone looks so perfect in their Christmas pictures. Have you noticed this? I mean, everybody just, it looks like life is perfect in a Christmas picture, but here's what you should know about my family. Off of our Christmas card in real life, we've got all the normal struggles. Here's one of our struggles lately. We recently got a puppy, and the puppy is super duper cute. Uh, And I don't want to be irreverent in church, but here's the thing. It seems like every time I turn around, there is puppy poop in my life right now. And I mean, more and more as the dog's learning, it's happening outside more, which is good. But life has real struggles. Sometimes they're as simple as potty training a dog. Sometimes they're much more serious. For three Christmas Eves, my wife and I, we sat through Christmas Eve services. And deep in our hearts, there was a a really heavy struggle going on. What it is is that our youngest daughter, Evie, we adopted Evie from a different country called Haiti. And we started the adoption process when Evie was a week old, but because of just government regulations and all sorts of problems in Haiti and elsewhere, it took more than three years for us to get Evie home. So there were three Christmases where we'd be able to go visit her at the orphanage like this, but then we'd have to leave. We'd have to get on a plane, come back to the United States, and we had our other two kids, and we were trying to enjoy Christmas and get in the spirit and be thankful and, and you know, enjoy the lights and the gifts and all the sentimental movies and everything else. But deep in our hearts, there was this struggle that one person in our family wasn't there. I don't know where there might be a struggle like that for you right now, where you could use some good news in your life. For me and Mel, the good news we were waiting for was that call from the orphanage or from the Haitian government to say, you can now come and and bring your daughter home. In fact, there was one year in particular where the orphanage and the Haitian government had said, around Thanksgiving time, they said, you're going to have your daughter home by Christmas. And we got so excited. And that Christmas week came and went, and we never got that phone call. We kept waiting for that good news, and it just didn't arrive. I wonder where in your life you might be waiting for some good news or hoping for some good news. Maybe it has to do with your physical health. Maybe you or someone you love are going through some kind of sickness or some kind of chronic illness that you didn't expect, and you're like, it's Christmas, yay, but we could really use some good news in this area. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's in your finances or your career. But here's the question my wife and I were wrestling with those three Christmases. We were wondering, where is God when you need some good news? Where's God when you need good news about your health or good news about a broken relationship or good news about your future? Where is he? 
Well, what we do here at Connection Point is every weekend we wrestle with these tough questions of life. And what we've found is that this love letter God wrote us called the Bible answers these questions. And so every weekend we open up the word of God to see how does he answer this question. And you might be surprised that the Christmas story is actually all about answering this question. And not just in a general generic sense, but for you in the very real struggles of your life. You might remember from that little video we saw, there was a moment where the angels showed up to the shepherds and the angels said, don't be afraid. We bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Now, I don't know where there's tension or difficulty in your life right now, but I know that this is a word of God for you today. God sees you and he sees what you're going through and he says to you, don't be afraid. God has a plan for your future. He has a plan to deliver you. And what Christmas is about is that the God who made you, he chose to become human and to come down to our earth in the person of Jesus so that he could set us free from our difficulties. He brings you good news today. Good news that when you really realize it's for you and for your struggles, it brings great joy. And this good news, this great joy, it's not just for some people, God desires for it to be for all people. So we can answer our question, where's God when you need good news this way? That Christ brings good news. This is what Christmas is all about. He brings good news for the very real struggles in our lives. Maybe the struggle you're facing is death. I know some people in this community who've made a lot of really good choices in life good career choices, good choice of spouse, good retirement choices. They've made all the smart choices and they've been able to outsmart a lot of the problems in life. But when you get into your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, you start to realize that your body's gonna wear out eventually and you can't outsmart death. And what Jesus brings is for those who believe in him, the assurance that our life doesn't end in this world. For others of us, where we good, need good news is that we have made mistakes. We haven't done all the smart things. We have regrets, we have shame, we have guilt. And the moment you believe in Jesus, he wipes your record clean and you can have good news so that you don't have to live under shame or regret. God put it this way in John 3, verse 16. It says that God, that is, there is a creator who made you and you kinda know that inside, don't you? You, you kinda know with how complex your body is and your emotions and the universe, someone had to make it all. And the one who made you, he loves you. This word world, it's the idea of humanity. The God who made you loves you. And he loves you so much that he gave the very first Christmas present that was ever given. God gave his one and only son. Who's that? Well, that's Jesus. You might think, well, okay, there's Christ, there's Jesus, are they different? No, that's the same guy, okay? Jesus is his name, Christ is his title, and Christmas is named after him. So whether you believe Jesus or not, you've been celebrating him all these years, okay? God gave his son, the Christ, so that anyone who does choose to believe in him, now, God doesn't force himself on you. He gives you this invitation, but you get to choose for yourself whether or not you believe. And anyone who does choose to believe, Jesus, you're God. You did die on the cross for my sins. I do want your help in my life. Anyone who believes that will not perish. In other words, when your body wears out and someday it's buried in a casket in the ground, that will not be the end for you. 
For all who believe in Jesus, there is eternal life. So while we don't look forward to death, we're no longer slaves to the fear of death. And this eternal life, it begins now. And we start to experience peace and joy that come not from ourselves, but from God. I want you to think if you could use your imagination with me. Use your mind's eye and I want you to picture yourself in a cave, you know, like a rock cavern, okay? And you can see the exit of the cave. You can see the light shining in. Now, wherever there's a problem, a difficulty, a pain in your life, I want you to imagine it like some giant rocks that collapse down over that exit and you feel stuck in there. I know that's how I felt when my wife and I were trying to celebrate Christmas, but our daughter was in another country. I know that's how I've felt when I've been battling chronic illness or other health conditions. You just feel stuck. And wherever you're stuck right now, I want you to think about that and I want you to watch this true story of a heroic rescue when 33 miners found themselves stuck in a position like that. Let's check it out. Is that the only way in? The only way in, the only way out. A serious accident just occurred at the San Jose mines. This particular story moved so many people around the world. Disappointing news from Chile. Chile touching the jam. The world waited on Antwort. No, I salida. Les secourir semble impossible. It spoke to the human spirit. It spoke to the strength of human beings. And I think in the 24-hour news cycle that we have today, we can think we know the whole story. But to understand this story, you have to understand what happened in the mine. 33. We're all here. The world of the miners was completely separate because they had no contact with the outside world. That's the heart of the mountain. She finally broke. The miners were trapped under 2,000 meters of rock, the length of two Empire State buildings. How long do they have? There's food and water for three days. They're not drilling for us. It took 100 years for them to dig this deep. Do you think the owners are going to spend that kind of money? They close the mine and put up the gravestones. No! They'll dig us out! And if they don't, our families will! With their bare hands if it's necessary! Why the rescue teams? Why the reals? The families were so important to keep the faith and the strength of the whole rescue alive. We all know how this goes. The government shows up, tells us how much they care, and they do nothing. The families up above set up a camp, Camp Hope. Then they wouldn't give up without these people go inside and get them out. We need to know, is there a life? We have 10 reels working 24 hours a day. I'm not leaving without him. The spirit, the need, the anger, the people made it happen. 33 men on the ground, 300 mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, and we are their only hope. This happened for real. And even though you know the outcome, it's very suspenseful. It's sinking. It's not a question of if it falls, but when. We've already burned through nine drills. We are running out of time. La pregunta que nos hacemos todos hoy será muy tarde. People all around the world for three months were watching television and dreaming that these guys were going to come out. Three platforms are now in place specialized in deep drilling. Let's get ourselves some miners. Three, two, one. The 
33 is a celebration of life. See you old man, out there. In that true story, those 33 families, they loved their husbands, their dads, their brothers so much that they said, we'll do anything to drill down and accomplish an impossible rescue to reach them and set them free. What God wants you to know this Christmas is that's his heart toward you. Your creator loves you and where the rubble of life has fallen down around you, maybe because of your mistakes or maybe because of mistakes other people have made, or maybe because we live in a world of rubble where there are things like cancer and drunk drivers and divorce, you're trapped. And the God who loves you, when he saw you, when he saw all of humanity trapped in that position, he didn't walk away, he didn't turn his back. Instead, he said, I'm going to drill down through the layers of the universe. And in the person of Jesus, Almighty God said, I will become a human. I will feel their hunger. I will feel their pain. I will feel their rejection. And I will drill a way of rescue so that all who believe can be set free. Jesus said that he's the way, the truth, and the life. For those minors, there was only one way out. But that one way was open to everybody. God tells us this in John 3, verse 17. He says that he did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world. Now, depending on how you were raised or what your ideas of God are, you might have this picture in your mind of God as this angry patriarchal figure who's wagging his finger to shame you and he's just waiting for you to mess up. Every day he's just waiting for you to make another mistake so he can remind you how much you fall short and how imperfect you are. Now, the reality is all of us have made mistakes but don't we already know that about ourselves if we're honest? God knows that if we're honest with ourselves, he doesn't have to condemn us. We already know we're trapped. If we're honest with ourselves, we can't outsmart death. We can't escape our shame and regret in our own power. We can't find peace when our circumstances are difficult. We're all trapped in some way if we're honest. And so God doesn't come into our lives. Jesus didn't come into the world to rub our nose in that and to further trap us. Instead, he came to save us. He came to set us free. So the question for each of us in this room and each of us listening is, have you had a moment where you've believed? Where you've believed that Christ does not come into your life to shame you, but to set you free. Christ comes into your life to set you free. The word of God says that all of us have made mistakes. Romans 3 says all of us have sinned. That's God's word for a spiritual mistake. Every one of us, we're trapped in some rubble, but God demonstrated his love for us by going to the cross and providing that escape for all who believe in him. You know, there's this moment in that true story of those miners, this moment of great joy after that rescue tunnel was drilled through the earth, almost a mile through the rock, the rescuers built this metal rescue cage. And, and it, almost like an elevator, they would use steel cable and they would drop this rescue cage all the way down that rock shaft and it would thump at the bottom in that cave. And then each one of those miners, malnourished and dehydrated and dirty, thinking they would never live, they had a choice would they step into that rescue capsule? And if they did, they would step in and they'd put their arms like this and they'd get buckled in and then a metal door would close and like an elevator, they would be hoisted, lifted up 
all the way to the surface and be saved. And you can imagine the joy when that rescue capsule got to the top and that metal door opened and here's a dad or an uncle or a husband or a brother and their family thought they were as good as dead and there they are and the family runs up and hugs them and people are crying, there's great joy. And the reason the angels said that Christmas is good news of great joy is that when we realize I'm not gonna die because of my relationship with Jesus, I will live forever in heaven. And yes, there will be pain in this world because it's a broken down cavern, but there's a way out of this world. It's great joy. It's peace in any circumstance. It's comfort in any suffering. And there's great joy that God wants you to experience today. Well, let's see a raise of hands. I know we've got some kids in the room. Raise your hands, kids or adults, if you like opening Christmas presents. Anyone here like to? Okay, all right. I'm not alone. I like it standing on the chair. That's very good. Very good. Okay. I love opening Christmas presents. And, you know, one of our character traits here as a church at Connection Point is we take God pretty seriously, but we try not to take ourselves too seriously. And the same is true in my family. And so for my kids, probably their favorite TV show is AFV, America's Funniest Home Videos. Any of you guys ever watch that, America's Funniest Home Videos? So every Sunday night, we all climb on the couch and we make popcorn and we sit and watch AFV and laugh together. And I gotta show you guys this AFV clip of a kid opening a Christmas present and experiencing great joy. Check it out. Are you excited? Yes. Oh. I'm super excited. I can cry right now. Oh, honey. I'm super excited too. <laughs> Thank you, Santa Claus. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so happy. I just love his emotion. And, you know, hopefully in the next couple days, we'll have some moments like that in some of our living rooms. That was a pretty intense one. Great joy. Now, here's the thing. What did that kid have to do to experience the great joy? One very simple thing. He had to open the present. And it's the same with the gift that God gives us at Christmas that he gave his son. It's a free gift. You might wonder, how many good things do I have to do to get to heaven? How many prayers do I have to pray to atone for my mistakes? And what God says is this, that we're saved, we're made right with God, not by good things that we do, but by the good work that Jesus did on the cross. But we do have to have a moment where we tear the wrapping paper off and we receive that gift for ourselves and to experience the joy of salvation, of right relationship with God, of eternal life, you've gotta have a moment in your life where you've ripped the wrapping paper off and you've said, this gift is for me, I receive this gift. I wonder this Christmas, which gift that Christ provides do you most need? Maybe you need his peace to know that no matter what you're going through, there's a good destination for you and you have this internal peace that could only come from God. Maybe you need the gift of forgiveness so that you can wake up in the morning and not live under a cloud of shame or regret and you don't have to drink anything or take anything or do anything to try to not think about the past. You can let God wash it away. Maybe you need that confidence of eternal life that when your body wears out, it won't be the end for you, that it'll just be the beginning of an incredible eternity with God. God wants to give you these gifts and more and you might be saying, well, how do I do it? How do I take the wrapping paper off? 
There was a person who asked that in the Bible, and here's how God's people answered. He recorded it for us. The answer is this, believe in the Lord Jesus, the Christ of Christmas, and you will be saved. So receiving God's gift is really all about believing. What do you need to believe? Well, it's very simple. You believe that Jesus actually is God. You acknowledge that you have mistakes and flaws and that you need his help and you just say, Jesus, I believe you're God. I believe you died on the cross for me and I receive the gift. It starts with that very, very simple faith and then just like opening a Christmas present, you get to start using what God has given you and living in a new life. Good news of great joy for all people, it's for you. I wanna tell you a true story about my youngest daughter, Evie. Here's a picture of Evie shortly after we did get her home from Haiti. And for the first six months or so that Evie was home, every time we would give her a piece of clothing or a toy or even a plate of food, she would say, mine, mine? Because you see, she had come from a place where there was so little. She didn't have a bunch of her own clothes. She didn't have toys of her own. There wasn't a lot of food. And so anytime we'd give her any little thing, she'd say, mine, is this for me? And because the language that they speak where she grew up was, was partially French, she'd say, moi, moi. And so that's what she was saying right after we gave her this shirt that says happy, because that just describes her. She said, moi, mine. And here's the thing, this Christmas, God wants you to know that the message that God came to save the world, it's not just for all those people out there or just for humanity, that's true, but it's for you. God wants you to have a moi moment where you realize this good news, this great joy, it's for you. And you open up the present by believing and then you experience it by journeying. I wanna show you a true story of two families here in our church family who've been living the joy of Jesus by meeting each other's needs and just one week at a time learning, here's what it looks like to live this new life that's available in Jesus. Check it out. I was introduced to the Holiday Project when my oldest grandson was in kindergarten. I had just gotten custody of the six, eight and 10 year old. Being a single grandparent was difficult. Looking at, am I gonna have Christmas? Am I gonna be able to keep food on the table or buy a few gifts? The Holiday Project has erased that for me. The first time I got involved with the Holiday Project, I was speechless. When they said, okay, it's time to go shop for your families and they opened the gymnasium doors and all you see were these gifts that everybody lovingly and <laughs> donated. The first thing that caught my eye was a Thomas the Train set for my grandson. He loves Thomas. I would not have been able to get him that had it not been for that the Holiday Project. I met Kayla and Josh two years ago. We've been attending Connection Point as a family for about six years now, and pretty much from the beginning, we enjoyed participating in the holiday project. We wanted to be a host family. We wanted to be with the families. We actually meet some of those families and see who they are that we are helping, just to have that relationship built with them. When I first started talking to Kayla, she had stated that she had been 
brought up by another family member. So she knew where I was coming from. I was raised by my great aunt and uncle. It just felt like we had that connection. This will be the third year with Kayla and I and Josh, and it's great. Just getting to be with the same family over the last three years has allowed us to just to bond with them and just to um, be able to send a text and say, hey, hope your day's going well, or hey, I'm praying for you today. I can talk to her, I can text her if I'm trying to figure things out. Just to know that she does have somebody that that cares for her and that prays for her. Like sometimes you make a donation and you don't necessarily see the impact, right? But when you're actually there in person and you're seeing the difference it's making, I think that's the best part right there. The Holiday Project, the program itself, is my small group. The people that come out, the the love that they show, the caring. It's not the monetary things, it's not the toys, it's just the flat out and out, unconditional love that everyone has. They're there without a reason. I've been told I'm not going through this alone. I've got a lot of people in my corner. I have my own cheering section, actually. <laughs> I was sitting talking to a couple of ladies and she's like, well, why don't you come out and try the church? And I'm like, okay, I'll have to do that. And I walked into the main auditorium as nervous as I could ever be. Then everybody started singing and it was home. I had been wanting to rededicate my life for a long time, I just never felt where. And uh, January 27th, I was baptized. I think anytime you you serve God, and, and no matter what the capacity is, it, it always has an impact on you, a positive one. The real impact that we make and that God wants us to make is by getting out there and doing His work. And that's what we're trying to do, and even if it's a, a small way. All the families that step up and take time to embrace the rest of us, there's not a dividing line. It's just people with hearts wanting to help people that need heart. I don't think people realize the smallest um, gesture can mean the absolute world to somebody else. And that's what the church has done for our little slice of life. So, <laughs> thank you. That true story is a picture of God's heart for you. He wants to meet your needs in the physical realm, needs in your emotions, and your deepest spiritual needs. I love that story because one year ago in January, I, I got to meet Chris over here by our baptismal. And I got to pray with her before she was baptized and I got to hear firsthand about her journey with Jesus. And really one day at a time, she's been opening up that present of a relationship with God. And as she started to attend here on weekends, one week at a time, she's learning more and more about who she is in Jesus and the freedom that she has, the eternal life that she has, the peace that she has. The other family you saw in that story, they're doing the same thing. 
It's as they've unopened the gift and they are living the great joy of a relationship with Jesus that they've said, okay, Jesus will follow you in caring for other people. And in that they've found purpose. They've found internal peace. They've found significance that you can't buy with money, but you can only find in following Jesus. I love this quote when Chris said in our story, people with hearts helping people who need heart. That's really what a healthy church is all about. And that's really what Christmas is all about, that God became a person with a heart so that he could help us where we need heart. I just wanna encourage you this Christmas to open the present by believing. And I wanna encourage you just like Chris to experience the great joy by saying, you know what? Instead of just opening that present once a year, I'm gonna open it every day. I'm gonna have a way of life. And here's how you can do that. You can learn this good news. You can learn how it applies to every area of your life. You can experience this great joy through all the ups and downs of life. And step one for doing that after you've believed is to join us here or get in any Bible-believing church and just kind of reorient your life rhythm to say, you know what, on weekends, because hope and life and peace are found in Jesus, my priority is gonna be in some church that opens up the word of God and teaches me about Jesus. And we'd love to have you here. And in fact, you're here at one of our normally scheduled service times. So if 11.15 on Sunday works for you, either online or in person, we'd love to have you with us. The goal is to help you open up that present every week and experience the good news of Jesus and the great news, the great joy of Jesus. Well, I wanna pray that for you now, if we could pray together. Father, in this room, Lord, you have spoken to each one of us. Lord, there's some who've never believed before and, and in this moment, you're drawing them to salvation. You're giving them this choice. You desire that they would believe and be saved. And I pray that even in this moment, they would just call out to you as simply as saying, Jesus, I believe you're God. I know I have issues and I need your help. I need your gift of eternal life. I need your forgiveness. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I place my faith in you. That's all, that's all it takes to start this relationship with God. You don't have to memorize the whole Bible. You don't have to be a theologian. It starts with faith. It starts with belief. Others of us, Lord, we're here and and we've known you, but the, the, the joy, the excitement has kind of mellowed out. And we just pray that you would reignite our passion for you to open that present every day and every week and make it a way of life that our joy, our purpose are found in you. God, thank you for speaking to us through your word. I just pray that every person who's hearing my voice will have a truly Merry Christmas knowing that it's about the Christ who came to set captives free. We love you. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen.